about the story that brought out of concern is that when the son made up, when the Bible says he came to his senses and he was ready to go back, first thing is that he was ready to go back as a slave, though he was a son. He was ready to start from the bottom <laughs> and do something that he was undervalued for. And when the father brought him back, he not just brought him back as a son, but he rewarded him with a celebration as if he was there all along. The other thing is that the Bible says that as the son was going back home, that he was not the only one running and going. The Bible says that the father was not just sitting on the porch waiting for him to come and just looking at him afar off. The Bible says when the father saw him, that the father began to run. All right. God bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. My name is Bob Carden. I'm one of the pastors here. And first off, you've probably noticed that I'm not Garrett. And secondly, I'm not in Garrett's living room. So this Sunday, even though this is not one of the Sundays that we're actually gathering everybody here at our center, Garrett thought it would be a blessing to just have the crew and a few others to come in so that we can utilize this space and bless and minister to God's people. I'm going to open us in prayer, and then Garrett's going to get right into teaching us God's word. Uh, but before I pray, I did want to uh, let you know that tomorrow night, Monday, we'll be doing every Monday evening at 7.30, we do our Zoom prayer fellowship, and we're inviting everybody, not only if they would like to be a part of that Zoom fellowship, they can be certainly, but to set aside an hour to pray on Monday night at 7.30 to 8.30 to pray for our country and, of course, pray for anything else you care to pray for. But if the body of Christ can stand together in prayer, there is no limits to what our God can do. So please join me in prayer before Reverend Bova comes and shares God's word. Heavenly Father, you are a good, good father, and we are so thankful to be your children and to be in your presence and to enjoy fellowship with you and fellowship with one another. I ask for your blessing, God, upon everyone here in this room today, upon all those who will be listening, God, and upon the body of Christ at large throughout the world. I pray, Father, that we can continue to be a wonderful witness of our Lord and Savior and to bring the good news of your kingdom and your salvation to the world. And I pray for these things in Christ's name. Amen. Oh, please welcome Reverend Garrett Boba. Morning, guys. This is a. Uh, we were in we were in Florida last weekend for a family wedding. So we've since we've been going every other week here. We have like really, really, really missed being here with you guys. So it's awesome that we get to do this. Um, it's great to have just a couple people here with us this morning. But I wanted to welcome you guys. Thanks for joining in. Um, hopefully, you guys are staying warm. Those of us that are local, I know we got people watching in from all over, but. It was cold this morning. It was like, what was it, like 30, 36, 32, something like that. It's cold for us right now. But uh, with that said, um, man, I I've had, um, I got a lot running through my head right now. I'll just be honest. There's a lot that, um, that I've been stirred on. But there's been this, this question that I've been uh, asking myself, and, and I wanted to ask you guys, to consider, and that is, what are you known for? 
What are you known for? You can be known for a lot of things, right? Uh, and, and sometimes different seasons um, of, of your life, you might be known for something different. Um, as representatives of Christ, we obviously want to be known for one who walks righteously, one who displays God's work, one who God works through. But I don't know if that's always like the case, right? Um, you know, I, I think we've all met people or know people that say that Jesus is their Lord, <coughs> but like they're definitely not known for that. They're not known for anything regarding kingdom matters or righteousness. They're known for that guy, oh man, you get a couple drinks and that guy, he is funny. Like, he is, he can, he can really throw them back. Or what's even sad, like I would say, you can look at the other end of the spectrum. I just remember sometimes what girls were known for in school when we were younger. Oh, she's really like, you know, that, that, that girl's pretty easy. Like, we don't want to be known for those things. But yet, people talk about you. They talk about me. And what are, what's their report? What, what are they saying about us, right? You see, as followers of Christ, I don't, I don't want anyone, I, I, don't, I don't want any other report I don't want to be known for anything other than someone who follows Jesus Christ, who is a disciple of Jesus Christ. I don't want to be known for a good businessman. I don't want to be known for just a good guy. Because if, if I'm just a good guy to people, then I'm getting the glory. So I think sometimes w w without a spirit of boldness in representing who God has called us to represent, we can take glory unto ourselves even though we're a confession Christian even though we've confessed that Jesus is our Lord, we still take glory unto ourselves. You see, God has designed everything so that he would get the glory. There's a, a passage that most of us are familiar with. I want to read this verse here. I'm going to start in Psalm 23. It starts with, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul, and he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Everything that God has set up, everything that he's created, was so that he would get glory for it, so that he would display who he is. It was, it's for his namesake, that he is a good God, that he is a gracious God, that he is a God that is worthy of all praise and honor. And you see the life that Jesus lived. It was to reflect that. It was to reflect God's goodness on earth. It was to display God's plan of salvation for us. And those of us who are in Christ we ought to be giving God glory for everything. And that doesn't mean you're walking around saying, Jesus, 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 praise God, praise God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. But they ought to know what you stand for and what you represent. They ought to know 
what we represent and who we serve and who we follow. So my question is, what are you known for? When you look at Jesus, they recognized, and this is, this is obvious, right? They recognized that Jesus was a man that God was working with. Nicodemus, he is a Pharisee. I think I mentioned this record the other week, but this is the Pharisees were the teachers of the law. This particular group of people weren't big fans of Jesus. They, they, they just weren't big fans of Jesus. Jesus really threatened um, their holiness, uh, and he just was a threat to them. They were challenged by him. And this guy, Nicodemus, he comes to Jesus in John 3, 1, and says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a good teacher, come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So, again, this is a guy, different camp, if you will, that wasn't a big fan of Jesus, but yet he recognized that, man, this guy came from God, and we see God doing things through him. Like, you can't do the things that you do unless God is with you, and we, we recognize that. And when Peter, talking about Jesus, now this is in the book of Acts, it's going to be in chapter 2, verse 22, this is after Jesus died, God raised him from the grave, and then Jesus uh, hangs out and um, shows himself for 40 days here on this earth, and then God exalts him up, raises him up, puts him at his right hand, and then a couple days after that, about 10, Jesus pours forth the promise of the Holy Spirit unto all those that believe. This is happening on the day of Pentecost. And so there's this big commotion, and people are asking what's going on. They ask Peter, and Peter puts it like this. Referring to Jesus, he says, A man of Israel, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works, wonders, and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. You see, Peter was saying, look, this man, Jesus, yeah, this is the guy that God did mighty works, wonders, and signs through him. So people recognize, I'm saying even Peter was able to proclaim it and, and be a witness to say, look, we recognize that God, and you all recognize that God was working through Jesus. The reason why I bring this record up and these records up, you see I'm building the case here, it's because when they look at your life, do they recognize, do they recognize that God is working through you? Or do they just recognize that you wear a cross or that you've gone to church maybe every single week? Do they recognize that you just are a man that prays before meals or a woman that, that prays before she goes to bed? <coughs> There's more is what I'm saying. You know, this walk as we follow Jesus, we are to be witnesses unto our Lord. They ought to look at you and know you for one who follows Jesus, know you just because of the signs, the wonders, the miracles that God is doing through you. And now that's available to us through Christ Jesus. I want to look at this record, too, in, in Acts 14. Now, uh, 
when they saw the boldness, these are people around, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, again, this is after Jesus had been ascended and after he poured forth Holy Spirit into everybody after Pentecost, they recognized, they saw the boldness of Peter and John and they perceived that they were uneducated men, common men, and they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. These are common men, these are fishermen, these are uneducated men, but yet these guys are blazing trails in regarding a new wisdom, a new way to live. And God was, as we see in Scripture, working through these guys through signs, miracles, and wonders. Point is, the gospel is not just something we just speak about. It's something we live, okay? Scripture says that we are to live through Jesus Christ now. A new life. See, like, this is, this is good news. This is good news that we get to live a new life through him, a life of power, a life that is a witness unto Jesus Christ. Like I said, do they recognize that we serve Jesus? They ought to. Jesus said, if any, in 12, John 12, 26, he says, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. So Jesus said, whoever serves me, he must follow me. For where I am, that's where my servant's going to be also. Can people recognize that you're abiding with Christ? I think sometimes it's, it's just there. We see it. We see it in people that they say, Jesus, you're my Lord, you're my Lord. But they're, man, they're, their conduct, their speech is just so far from the speech of Christ, so far from abiding in Christ, so far from actually living through him in this day. If you guys had a chance to listen to Pastor Stephen last week, talk about our words being drenched in grace. Like, I'm, look, I'm not perfect, but man, that is, that is what we ought to grow into, having our words drenched in grace when we interact with people, when we interact with loved ones, when we interact with people at work and in our social circles. Is, your, is, is our speech, like, drenched in grace? Like, that's, that's the speech of Christ. That's, the, that's the, the new language that we get to live into. When I keep saying new, 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 new life, new way, the good news, it is that we get to live a new life in Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5.17 says, Whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. What is the old I'm talking about? The old is our old nature. Ephesians 2 puts it really, really good here. I'm going to read this with you guys. I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. We're going to read all the way through to, to 10. Regarding the old, when we, when we, I just said, whoever's in Christ, the old has passed away. This is the old. And 
verse 1 of Ephesians 2. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Trespass means like your, your missteps, okay? Like your faults. You were dead in your faults. You were dead in your sins. In which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, a.k.a. that's Satan. We were all following the course of the power of the air. Following the prince uh, of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Like that was, that was the old you. you. You walked in accordance to like culture, right? It says that is now run by the prince of the power of the air. Again, that's Satan. And it says that we were living by our passions, our, our own lusts, our own desires. It's like whatever feels good to you, you do it. Just because that's just, that's what you were born into. That's what you were trained into. And in fact, that's what reigned over you. That's what reigned over everybody after Adam had sinned. When death came into the world, sin came in after it. And that is what reigned. That is what everybody was enslaved to. Just death. Just following their passions, being slaves to their passions. They had, you had to, I remember before Christ, I had to obey that temptation. As hard as I wanted to fight it, I still ended up caving. No matter how long I tried to push it off, it, I still fell subject to it. And you are a slave to that which you obey. But, right here, in verse 4, this is like the biggest but in Scripture. But, with all that, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, he might show his immeasurable riches in kindness towards us who are in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift from God. Not a result of the works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. That's an awesome but. That is an awesome but. That he has created us, created us anew in his son Jesus Christ. So there is a new way to live. And God has plans in that new way for you and I to live. He's actually, he's had the plans and then he created us in Christ. So everything that God has for you to step into, you've already been created for. Does that make sense? Like you're, 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 you've, you've got it in your DNA. 
You've got the Spirit of Christ in you. You're ready for those good works. And he says we are a masterpiece unto him. Why? So that everybody gets to see how good he is. It says he did all after that, but it says, you know, the, 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 we are created new in Christ Jesus. And it's all these things. Why? So that in the coming ages he might show his unmeasurable riches and kindness towards us who are in Christ Jesus. Essentially, God just wants to show off how good he is because he has loved a people. He has been gracious to a people that do not deserve what he had given them. And so in the coming ages, he can be like, yeah, that's just how good I am. And so that everything that has ever been created would give glory to God. Being like, wow, you're amazing. You are, everything is for your namesake. You are just that good, that good. Does that make sense, guys? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, this is good news, I swear, because it's a new way to live. But you have to, we, we have to recognize that we're no longer slaves to that anymore. That that, that was the old. That there is that but there in verse 4. But God saved us from that. Uh, Romans kind of dips into this a little bit more. In chapter 6, verse 10, I'm going to read uh, through 12. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, this is referring to Jesus, but the life he, Jesus, lives, he lives to God. Verse 11. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey its passions. Dude, (laughs) come on. Come on, man. Jesus is still living for the glory of God. Still. And those of us now that are alive in Christ Jesus who have received the promise of the Holy Spirit get to now live a life that is bringing the utmost beauty and glory to God. How do we do that? By not letting sin reign in us anymore. One of the most, one, one of the most impactful things that, that I've heard when I first started seeking God out and I started looking at truth was that you don't have to be a sinner anymore. I just thought that's just who I was. I just thought I just, that I'm just, I'm just that kind of person. I'm just, I'm quick, I'm, I'm quick-tempered. I've got no patience. You know, I, I just really like the feeling of getting drunk. And honestly, even after those mistakes have been made, I don't like it, but I'm drawn back into it. And the list goes on of sin in the ways that I have followed sensuality and desires in the past. But when I found out that we don't have to sin anymore, that sin no longer has reign, the word reign means to have regal authority or like to govern your life. This thing, sin, no longer has to govern my life anymore. So that means I can say no to those things. I can say no to those things, but it's not on my power anymore. It's through... Jesus Christ, the power of Jesus Christ. See, this is how we get to live and bring glory to God when we renounce the things that the world is like really into. 
the things that look very common among people. We get to say no to those things. And we get to live righteous lives. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self. Tell me if any of this sounds familiar. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. Having the appearance of godliness. I'm wearing a cross, or I'll go to church, but yet they're a lover of self. Of y- yet they are, they're, they're, they're disobedient. They, it's a pick and choose gospel. I like that, but I, I don't like that. So I'm not going to be obedient to that. It's, when we live like that, the appearance of godliness, what you, what you put on Instagram or what, what, what people know you for. I mean, <laughs> don't rob the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel is that your life can be changed. That is the witness of Jesus Christ. That is the witness of the new birth. That is the witness of the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. That is the witness of the new creation that you are in Jesus Christ. It's not, it's, it's, it's a process, right? It's a process of growth. So we confess that Jesus is our Lord. We confess that we serve him. We confess that we follow him. But we still have to be on guard. We have to be attentive to our conduct, to our speech. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, he says, For I discipline my body so that after having preached to others, I myself wouldn't be qualified. I'm under that same rule. I'm under that same thought process. And you ought to be as well. That as we confess that Jesus is Lord, we follow Jesus. And as we speak about the good news of the gospel, that we have to discipline our body. Yeah, discipline's a part of it. You have to discipline your body so that after having spoken to other people about the good news, the power of Jesus Christ, man, sin no longer reigns over us. But then you're at the party doing the same thing that everybody else is? It's like, well, kind of looks like, you know, it's common. Like, what's so good about your Jesus? But he says, I discipline my body so that after having preached to others, I wouldn't be disqualified from what I spoke. And the truth of the gospel that I spoke to you, I would not be disqualified from that. What do people know you as? What do people know you as? Jesus gave us an example of what righteousness looks like, what it looks like to walk with the Father, what it looks like to give glory to God on earth. He says, 
for I have made your name known to them. He gave us that example of what righteousness looks like, and then he gave us the instruction too. There's a lot that our Lord spoke to us about, about a mindset, about how to speak, about how to see people, about how to love your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. He gave us that example. He gave us that instruction. And then what he did was, according to God's promise, according to God's perfect plan of salvation, he gave us the opportunity to do the same thing by pouring forth Holy Spirit into us, saying, now you get to do it too. You get to be my witnesses. You get to be a people that bring glory to God as I will now dwell in you and God will now dwell in us and we'll be a people that represent him to the earth in its absolute fullness and we will bring glory to his mighty name. Let people know what you represent, the line in the sand that you draw, what you stand for. Let people talk about you in that regard that they're different that you know the word holy means to be uncommon so you ought to look a little different we ought to look different this is good news guys this is good news I want to pray God thank you for just giving us Christ Thanks for letting us be a part of your plan of salvation. Father, we know we are so unworthy of receiving such grace in life. And it is just awesome, Father, that we live today, right now, where Holy Spirit's available to us. You have sent the Messiah to save. He has conquered on earth by being so obedient to you and to your plan. And now the spirit of the one who lives at your right hand, who li- the one who lives on your throne, is available to us to approach you. And that we would be vessels that you would live through, through the one whom you made Lord, Christ Jesus. And so, Father, we are so thankful for our Lord, so thankful for how much he loves us, constantly and father i thank you for grace upon grace upon grace to fall upon the the hearers here father and to fall upon the church of christ the body of christ that we would just be so overwhelmed by new revelations of your goodness that you have already given to us the plans that you've already put in motion and may we just be overwhelmed by that our heart has has no other response but yes No other response but yes and amen. And our heart has no other response than to to want to repent and say, yes, Father, we want to do it your way. So, Father, I thank you for the good works that you've created us in. And I pray, Father, that we would be a people that represent you so well as we serve Jesus Christ, our Lord. And, God, that you would get all the glory and honor as you so desired. All to the glory of your unbelievable grace. God, we love you so much, and it's in Christ Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Um, Man, if you're local, get here next week. We'll see you next week. Love you guys. Have an awesome one.